I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio vs. the Martians. There's so much derivative stuff in there. I mean, at the very end, you are literally shooting a heart while these face huggers, giant face huggers, are jumping out of eggs and attacking you. And it's it's a bit close. I think there's at least one boss that looks like the queen from yeah. Aliens. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's that golden age when uh, if there was a Japanese game that was going to cross over into the American market, as with a lot of stuff like... The culture that that Japan, especially in the 80s and 90s, threw back at us was all the shit we threw at them. And so that's why, you know, on the, the cover art for Contra basically has uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rambo, right? And they yeah. just basically, you know, had an artist swap out their heads for something else. But they're Air, airbrush yeah, their faces. They're a bit, clearly yeah. modeled on like promotional shots for Rambo and for Schwarzenegger for Commando. And uh, and they oh, they've got a bunch of Geiger alien stuff in there. But really, it's back in the day when I just don't think they would have taken video games seriously enough to bother to copyright, to try to sue them for copyright infringement. And now they might, you know, yeah. now there'd be a slightly higher chance. But back then, they probably were just like, what is this weird Japanese video game? Who cares? You know? Well, they didn't think video games were anything that were a threat to them. And I think that when it comes to things like IP and just basic money, how much money is there in this? Um I would imagine that the video game industry probably has money to rival Hollywood, maybe even surpass Hollywood in a lot of ways. Well, if you consider the the way that both of them take in profit now, um, a video game now no longer is a thing. I mean, before it was like, oh, you see a movie in the theater, it's five, seven, ten bucks a pop. Maybe you buy it on DVD for 20 bucks. You've given them $30 or something. A video game is always you give them sixty bucks, mm-hmm. um, and now you give them sixty bucks and potentially and another more, thirty bucks for the season right. pass, or and or you are a subscriber and, and, to something for for monthly or whatever. So just like the the earning potential for the life you know, the life cycle of a game is, and how many times are you going to rewatch the same movie? Mm-hmm. You're going to watch it if you really like it ten times. Mm-hmm. How many times are you going to play the same game if you really like it hundreds of times? Well, it depends on the game. Yeah, um, no, if I know, you really like it hundreds of times. You know? I have I have well. If it's like Mario Brothers or something where you're starting over and over and over again every time you start it up, but and this this might just make me a weirdo, but I don't typically play open world games more than once. I have started a game again on that, but something about starting from zero and knowing that there are literally two dozen hours that I put into something like Fallout 4 or New Vegas or Skyrim having to start all over again, knowing how much work I just put into the settlement that I had in Fallout 4, I couldn't even start a second settlement because just the amount of work, I'm like, ah, oh, that just seems like a lot. Well, for, for me, those games are about like exploring and discovering stuff mm-hmm. and not really about like this progressing the story necessarily. So by the time I finished the story and found everything, it's like I've Going back and finding it again doesn't have the same appeal right, at all. Right. Yeah. And there are people that have like streaming channels where they just play through this game over and over again and they clearly have, have it memorized. Um, I might enjoy watching them do it, but there's a certain point where 
when by the time I finished Skyrim, I had a character who was the king of the assassins. I was the head of the wizards guild, head of the mercenary guild. I was like a general in the imperial guard. <laughs> I, you know, I had, I was at the top of every job that they had. I was also a werewolf. I had slayed the king of the vampires. I, <laughs> there, I, my resume was insane, <laughs> and I had done nearly everything. I don't know what else there is to do except make, you know, there's a couple binary choices that you have where you're like, okay, well. I can be a vampire or I can be a werewolf. I can't be both. Boo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't interested enough to be a vampire because the one time I had to restart the game because I became a vampire after two hours, uh, I found that incredibly frustrating. And I don't want to, like, go around murdering people. So I'm like, what if I did more of that? Except now I was a bit more goth. And I'm like, <laughs> no thanks. I mean... So I really felt like by the time I finally finished playing Skyrim, the actual plot of the game, I had finished that a long time ago. I defeated the evil arch dragon who was threatening the world. I went into basically Valhalla and defeated him. And I have just been exploring, finishing all of those uh, side quests, all of those, um, those, those caves and dungeons that I'd never gone to before. And I was just done. So to start again, except now I get to play the cool lizard guy that I didn't play before. Um, that's not different enough because all of that other stuff is still there and I'll be better at it this time because I've gone through it once before, but I don't have a lot of interest in starting that kind of game all over again. Where Contra, I play a guy who has no personality. On the box, he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but in the game, in function, he just looks like a bunch of pixels. <laughs> and he's either red or he's blue. And um, I defeat the evil heart thing, and I can play that again later because the commitment time that goes into it is exactly the same. Unless I, you know get the spread gun or something. My guy is functionally the same at the beginning of the game as he is at the end. I, Mike, I think you just need to be focusing on games where the total completion time is fewer than two dozen hours. So, because this is a thing that this is a thing that I've changed. Certainly my gaming habits have totally changed. And my favorite game is FTL. And FTL is a game that once you are, uh, you know, once you put enough into it to master the mechanics of it, you could break you could break it up over as long as you want to. But for me to sit down and do a full game um, is like an hour, which is like not a gigantic commitment. And it's also something that you could just do for five minutes if you wanted to. Whereas, you know, like exactly what you said, if you want to go Grand Theft Auto five from beginning to end, like it's a long time. It's a pretty big commitment. Actually, the 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 project part of it is something I really enjoy. I like starting with nothing and building a thing that's big. It's why I kind of yeah. like games like Sin City, or Sim City. Sim City, Sim City is a very different game. Um, but Sim City, you <laughs> oh, start. No, I want that game. <laughs> well, just just turn yeah. crime way up in yeah. in Sin City in Sim City and to lower the color setting on your monitor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard contrast, but. Yeah, I, I play something like SimCity, and I like having a project. I built a thing. I started with nothing, and now I have something huge, whether it's Skyrim. I start with nothing, and I'm afraid of wolves, and by the end of it, I'm battling dragons and giants and all kinds of ghosts and monsters, and I'm an unstoppable beast. And after I've gotten to the level of unstoppable beast, going back to being afraid of wolves again is not something I'm particularly interested in. And... The same thing kind of goes, and this is why I could never get into games like, you know, Warcraft or Starcraft, because 
StarCraft, from a very superficial level, is very similar to SimCity, where I'm building stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm building a fort, and I have these little guys running around building stuff, and I like that. But the problem is, is they give me a specific task, and once I complete it, they just, like with an Etch-A-Sketch, and you just turn it over, shake it, and now my drawing is gone. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to start from zero with a different task. Can I just keep building on my project? And it doesn't let me do that. So I don't, you know, that was even the thing with, with GTA five. What I found frustrating was that I just want to focus on one of these three guys. Give me one mm-hmm. of these three guys. When I have to spread money and, and weapons and resources and having to keep track of who has a rocket launcher and who doesn't and who has how much money and not, or I successfully play the, the fake video game stock market and make a bunch of money. Not all of those characters can spend it. There's going to be a time where I'm like, God, I wish I had that pile of cash, but Trevor has it. Um, that's frustrating to me and jumping between those guys as fun as it is to jump into Trevor and he's waking up outside of like a dumpster. It's not, it's frustrating to feel like I'm constantly switching back and forth between something that I've developed and something I haven't. Mm. And so that was an interesting mechanic, but I think it says a lot that I don't think any other games have picked that up and have ran, ran with it as a kind of core game principle. Well, you've never played the Lost Vikings before? Have either of you played as an early Blizzard game? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I've never played Barely, it. I remember seeing ads for it in comic books. So this was this was Blizzard before Warcraft and before StarCraft. Um, and it's a puzzle game where you play three Vikings who are they're lost because they are kidnapped by a UFO. And each of the levels is a puzzle. Um, but the and so but each Viking has their own um has their own ability, which you have to sort of, they have to synergize to be able to solve different puzzles. Um, it's There's no RPG elements, of course, but that's like one of the earliest that I can remember where you, where you've like, oh, you, you have to control this trio of people and you sort of have to manage what they're doing and how they're walking around. You're one person controlling three discrete people, not just one person controlling one guy or one person controlling the whole army, you know, like in a FTS or, or RTS or something. But Warb, you actually have a a, a current gen, generation console that you play on. What do you yeah. play? For as far as current gen games, the, I think the only one I've really played is uh, Halo Infinite. Oh, how's that? Um, pretty good. The campaign is good. The multiplayer is really good. The progression system that they have in the multiplayer is just trash, and Brr. um, it, it's you know it's about it, it's it's set up to give you a store to buy. Uh, cosmetic armor pieces. Sure, and sure. There's it's very, very little reward offered to to folks who aren't paying extra for those armor for those cosmetics. Well, if uh, you know, it's been a while since I paid attention to it, but that uh, there was this trend in these sorts of big, like huge AAA projects that had the multiplayer thing attached to them as their way of generating money, and at first, you know that. I doubt, I don't think that Halo Infinite is like a pay to win thing where really if you just wanted to drop like 200 bucks you can just fuck everyone up in PVP. I don't know if that's the way it is, but no, you can drop a bunch of money and like max out the progression, but it's all cosmetic stuff from that okay, progression. Okay. So But I know that like back in the day when they when they were doing this when they were sort of experimenting with like let's just fundamentally break the game so to try to entice people to spend, you know, it's four times, five times more than they actually bought the game. The for. word for that is extortion. It was, it's a type of extortion. But then there was this arc where 
people would think that it was unfair and slowly they would start to like peel it back, peel it back. And then, you know, like four or five years time when the players, like the player numbers were down, they just went free to play. Like there was this idea that there was a, um, there was a time when the game was worth a lot, like it could be milked for more. And then over time, they just started like taking away the monetization stuff. And then eventually they're just like, well, fuck it. You can play it for free. Well, the Halo Infinite multiplayer is essentially free to play. Oh, um, interesting. So wait, I, wait, but do you, you don't you have to buy the base game though? I don't think I don't think so. Really? I think you can just oh. play the multiplayer and um and then you can buy a season pass and you can buy um I could be wrong about that, but hmm. but uh, um but I was just wondering if that's what they're doing now cuz I, when I was paying attention to it I was like, oh, this is every game has this life cycle where they they're going to milk I, it I, as much as possible at first and try to like keep new content coming in and then eventually they're just going to say like fuck it you can have it all and so from, i think that for, that's for me where, it was like wait 5 years and I then think, play it. yeah halo is on that um on the tail end of that curve cuz they're oh, at wow. the, they're at the free to play they you know they've launched it as free to play wow and it's only uh, been out like a year well it's only been out 4 or 5 months oh really it's yeah. that oh wow it just came out in december and you wouldn't have thought that they'd be hurting that much. Well, where... I think that they they intentionally they launched it as a free to play game. I think to get the widest possible audience, right? And then right, to right. get um, the first one's free, yeah. <laughs> and um, and in order to sell them, like you know, various add on cosmetic kind of stuff, right? And it's it's frustrating to me because I'm you know I previously have bought you know a sixty dollar game and gotten hundreds and hundreds of cosmetic options just included with that $60. Yep, yep. And now it's, um, you know, I've bought a $60 game, but that's only the campaign, you know, technically. And so in order to have that many cosmetic options, I'd have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get it all. And so they've they've com- completely reset sort of your expectation and have stuff way overpriced. And now they're going to come in and say, um, okay, well, instead of spending $5 for this thing, you're only going to spend $2. And people are going to be happy about it. <laughs> but like, well, it's still $2 more than, we, than I should have right. had to spend on right. it in the first place. Right? But you're also buying it with in-game currency. And in-game currency, you can't buy in $2 increments. You basically have to buy a $10 or oh, $20 yeah, increment. So now mm. I'm like, well, fuck, what do I do with $6 of in-game currency? Well, I guess I'll get that little derby that my character can wear. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's... I remember I had that same exam, the sort of situation with um, Red Dead Redemption Online, which is, for the most part is a game that I enjoyed. But the really frustrating thing with a lot of these online games that have a lot of microtransactions, especially if they're kind of shady about it, which is that you have a character who starts with nothing. It, you have to grind a lot to get to a level where there are all these random people who have godlike powers are roaming around this server killing people at will you have a little pop gun that can't do anything so you're getting killed in every encounter and because it's a it's a triple a uh rock star game there are some fucking assholes on on these servers who will mm. grief you to no end and there's nothing you can do except uh just let them kill you until they get bored and um you're just like that sounds like fun well it's like <laughs> at what level do i unlock a gun that can actually fire one, do damage, and two, fire at a high enough uh, rate that I can do any kind of damage to these guys, and these guys are shooting me with things at, like, level 100. So you're like, okay, you got me. I'm going to buy some in-game currency and get myself an unbalanced gun for my level, and I got this. Um, for $20, I bought a $9 gun, and this $9 gun was, like, a lever-action shotgun, 
and immediately it made the game so much better. One, I could actually occasionally kill one of these guys when they tried to kill me. And suddenly uh, everything was easier to go because it's easier to grind. You get you get experience for killing things and suddenly I'm capable of killing things. So, you know, it's, but it, it sucks that I had to spend money on top of the money I already spent just to make a thing playable enough that I could grind on my own. That's the part where I feel kind of like I was had in some way. Um, I mean, I already gave you $60 rockstar. Why do I have to give you another $20 so that I can make your game playable? It really feels like one of those. It's like if I went to a car lot, I bought a car and then a car doesn't start. And I'm like, Oh, I got this little plug thing that starts your ignition. You got to give me another 50 bucks and I'll give you that thing uh, <laughs> to make the car runnable. And it just, it feels a lot like that sometimes. It's, where... it's really unfortunate, Mike, because when we're, I mean, we're talking about the, you know, the, the top 2% of, you know, sort of games that are bought and played like they're really, really and but there are so many that are uh, so many people who are in the business of making video games because they love them and then they don't want to like just bilk people out of money. Um, and there's a lot of it. It's just unfortunately well, the, the people ones... that are that don't want to do that are not getting any of that money they're bilking right. out of us. They're the people that are forced to work like. 14 hour days during you know crunch time and well i mean there but i mean i guess i'm what i'm talking about is that there's now just a whole ocean of independent developers of games that are more empowered now than ever and we can go endlessly probably have examples of like shitty triple a shenanigans um but i'm i'm enthused by the fact that you know i'll uh, think of the past like four games that i bought all of them were all like small. I paid like 10 bucks or something. And all of them were like little tiny games that were not huge, expansive. Like I'm going to spend 200 hours doing it like a fallout game, but still really great experiences. And they're there to have if you want. Um, and you know, you don't end up, you seldom have to deal with racist swearing 12 year olds on those too. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. it's always like nine year old racist British kids at two in the morning. <laughs> those kids are the worst. I once had somebody I was playing. God, I think it was left for dead Two with, and he was like, hey, you want to hear a joke? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's me and a couple other people are part of this four person group. And this guy's like, no, no, don't worry. It's really funny. But are you white? And I'm like, what? And he goes, but are you white? And I'm like, this joke is racist. He says, it's not racist. And I'm like, then why did you ask me if I was white? I don't want to hear it. I know it's a racist joke. And he's like, no, 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 it's really funny. He kept this on. And I'm like, dude, I already don't want to hear it. I know it's racist. And he was just, it's just like that kind of shit. It's like, no, you wouldn't have to ask me that. Also, it doesn't matter. It's still racist, even if I'm white. Um, the fact that, oh my God. What, what is it that uh, the, 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 the anti-racist way to respond to that? You ask them, why is that funny? Yeah, why That's, is that funny? Why is that funny? They usually get angry. Um, <laughs> but I, I was, you know, I just start. Start killing racist teammates in games. <laughs> you know, if somebody's going to just be start a racist. Start killing racists, period. Just no. start, yeah. No, no, come, come on. Wink, you know, wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Um, <laughs> dot, 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 dot. In dot. multiplayer game. But I would say, you know, if you're playing a video game in a multiplayer thing and you've got a teammate who's spouting a bunch of racist shit, just start shooting him. Just start shooting them. You just you just say that you're you're in character as Ugo Stiglitz from <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. You're just gonna kill yourself some Nazis. 
that is that that was one of those moments that I uh, of the very beginning of Red Dead Redemption Two that I felt was so awesome, which was you are sort of coming to your the first area, moving to the second area, I think, making your way from where where the group is trying to get to where your camp is. And there's just people burning crosses with hoods on, and you're just like, "Oh, I know what I'm gonna do here." And you just, just, I just threw dynamite at them and watched them die and scatter. And I'm like, "This is fantastic! I love this power fantasy." I got really good at the underhanded dynamite throw in that game because the underhanded dynamite throw does not alert people. You just kind of sneak up and you just, <laughs> and they don't even notice the dynamite for a long time, not until it's about to blow up, and that's the best time for them to notice it. <laughs> Um, I want to, I want to hear a little bit of panic, but I don't want that panic to, you know, lead to enough lead time for them to get away from it. Mike, I'm a little worried about the murder simulators you're playing. I'm a little worried. Well, well, if they're killing racists, then (laughs) is it really murder? I mean, murder by definition is wrongful killing. (laughs) Yep. And you just. (laughs) <laughs> and they don't even notice the dynamite for a long time not until it's about to blow up and that's the best time for them to notice it um i want to i want to hear a little bit of panic but i don't want that panic to you know lead to enough lead time for them to get away from it mike i'm a little worried about the murder simulators you're playing i'm a little worried well if they're killing racists then <laughs> is it really murder i mean murder by definition is wrongful killing <laughs> Radio vs. the Martians is hosted by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. This podcast is recorded in beautiful Valverde in Seattle, Washington. Our chief engineer is Casey Doran, and our editor is Mike Gillis. Our original theme music is written and performed by James Wetzel. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, Tobias Panshin, Scott Kramer, Kyle Hepworth, and Todd Maxfield-Matsumoto. Please take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please consider becoming one of our Patreon subscribers. Even just a dollar a month gives you access to exclusive episodes. And you can always find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com. Status as Nazi killers, still amateur. We all come here to see if you want to go pro.